0: Hello and welcome to the Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report for Wednesday the 2nd of February. I'm Anthony Day. Sustainability is about protecting our world against the challenges of the climate crisis, but it's also about making our world a sustainable and better place. The UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, address all aspects of a sustainable future with a target for completion by 2030. UN Habitat, a United Nations agency, focuses on sustainable cities and communities. Today's interview examines how this works. My guests today are, first of all, Carmel Tobork, Lead Account Manager, nonprofit and Global Organisations at ESRIC, who joins us from the US. Carmel, welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Anthony. It's a pleasure to meet you today and uh, join you for this important discussion. Um, I'm the lead account manager supporting the United Nations here at Esri, and I work with a number of different organizations, everything from peacekeeping to the World Health Organization to UNICEF. And today I'm really pleased to um, have our colleague here from UN Habitat and uh, focusing on sustainable cities and communities is really important and uh, very pleased to support that effort. Great. Welcome also to
0: Dennis Mwaniki who's joining us from Kenya. He's a spatial data expert in the data and analytics unit at UN Habitat, a United Nations agency. Dennis, good to have you with us.
2: Thank you very much, Anthony, and it's great to be here today. Uh, I'm I'm working with the Data and Analytics Unit of UN Habitat, and I am in charge of the the work on integration of uh, geospatial information and and other observation in urban monitoring, with specific focus on the SDGs and the new urban agenda reporting and monitoring.
0: Right. Well, the theme of today's discussion is SDG 11. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number 11, which aims to make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient and sustainable. It does that by providing knowledge, policy advice, technical assistance and collaborative action to communities across the world. So, Dennis, I'd like to start by asking you how your work contributes to the achievement of this goal, this SDG 11. And then after that, I'm going to move on to ask Carmel to explain how she's working at ESRI to support your project. So Dennis
2: if you would just like to start Yeah sure Anthony and thanks so the first of all UN habitat is the the UN agency that is responsible for promoting sustainable uh, cities and towns and also human settlements and this is important because SDG 11 is really about uh, human settlements and the the different kind of interventions and work that is supposed to go into making cities uh, and other human settlements sustainable. So what we are doing is uh, uh, several things. One is we are the main custodian agency within the UN system for for this goal. And what the the role of the custodian agency usually is to coordinate different activities, develop uh, methods for measurement of uh, each of the indicators and progress towards the targets, but also to support countries and cities. To actually do the measurement and uh, make uh, recommendations on the specific interventions required for this. So uh, at UN Habitat, we are really working on this uh, leadership role at the global level, but also working directly with the partners like ESRI and many other organizations who are involved in uh, supporting measurements, but also working directly with countries and cities to really uh, ensure that uh, the interventions and actions that are done uh, respond directly to the requirements of the. The SDG 11 and their specific targets and their measurements through the indicators.
0: Thank you. Carmel, would you like to expand on, on your role and how you and your organisation are working with Dennis on this project?
1: Certainly. Uh, We have a probably about a 20-year history working with UN Habitat quite closely and making sure that geospatial information analysis and um, data integration and those types of activities um, are possible. Our technology, ArcGIS, is uh, helps enable cities to, with their urban planning, with their understanding of the urban structure, and um, making sure that the organizations that are planning and managing our cities and our human settlements are able to do so with a great deal of good data for data-driven decision-making and all. And SDG 11, um, ESRI has a strong commitment to supporting um, the UN and all of the member states and uh, making sure that we can achieve the SDGs. And um, SDG 11 definitely hits near near to our heart because we have a strong um, set of our users that, that really focus on local government and all the different applications and solutions that we can bring to bear to help make cities and um, local governments more sustainable is really important to us. So some of the technologies that UN Habitat and many of the cities use um, come from ESRI, and um, we have a really strong commitment to making sure that we can help cities learn how to develop the SDG indicators, data indicators that are needed, and um, to be able to measure and monitor progress on SDG 11.
0: Fine. You mentioned GIS, Geographic Information Systems. Now, where are we getting the data from? Is this interpreting uh, satellite data, or are we getting the data from a a wider range of uh, of sources? Dennis, would you like to comment on that? Come back on
2: that. yes definitely uh, so for, for this one it's uh I d- maybe maybe i start by saying that we have within scg 11 we have two broad uh, types of uh, requirements we have indicators and measurements that require a lot of statistical data then we have those ones required gis ad observation related data and the sources for this really vary a lot uh, we have for example uh, uh, a lot of data is coming from uh, satellite imagery and this Again, the variety for this is also pretty wide. We have the open source, Landsat, Sentinels, but we also have very high resolution imagery in cases where this is available. We also have uh, geospatial volunteer geospatial data uh, that comes from uh, communities, uh, individuals really pro- providing and producing this data. We have data that is mapped at the city scale or at the national level. We have uh, also map data coming from the national statistical system and, and, and related. So the, the diversity really is a lot of the back of the Data for the indicators. Uh, there are specific indicators within the framework that rely a lot on observation, sense data, uh, or uh, and there are also those which rely heavily on uh, on-site data that is collected as point information or from 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 the ground or validated through like ground-truthing processes. So here, the there the is really a hybrid kind of data we have we have different sources of data coming in and a lot of the data is also volunteer data we are having a lot of data coming from s3 themselves all the data they have been collecting and compiling over the years we have data coming from platforms like OpenStreetMap and even google is also having a lot of data that is really useful for this for these measurements
0: now i've also come across something called the earth observation toolkit Is that something that ESRI is developing, Carmel?
1: It's actually something that Dennis himself is developing, but on our ArcGIS hub technology, and so we've been partnering with them for a couple of years. Uh, UN Habitat created their data.unhabitat.org site uh, using the same technology and the opportunity to partner with the Earth Observation for SDGs group within the Group on Earth Observations, um, that 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 organization, GEO, wanted to build a toolkit to help municipal governments with this um, uh, th- these tasks to develop a number of the data indicators using Earth observations, satellite imagery, could be airborne sensors, um, these types of things for looking at pollution and some of the other um, uh, earth observation types of options, but mostly they're looking at using satellite imagery for things like understanding land use and land cover and a number of different tasks. So yes, um, we're trying to do our best to help with that and to make sure that the the toolkit itself is very accessible and available publicly so that um, all of the municipal governments around the world can use um, the capabilities there and to be able to have open data the ArcGIS open data capability is there as well. Right well
0: Dennis you're receiving all this data together and just to summarize your objective in in a phrase your aim is sustainable communities. Within that it strikes me that you'll have both social and physical dimensions so on the one hand are you using the data to look at disaster risk reduction, like flooding perhaps, at sustainable transport, at um, the effects of climate change? And on the other hand, are you also using this data to look at the demographic aspect, uh, population levels, education needs and, and things like that? Tell, tell us a bit more about how what you're actually doing with the data.
2: So first, just to add on to first what Kamen was saying about the toolkit itself. Uh, this toolkit is really a contributed resource it brings uh, different partners, different actors with their own resources and with their own data. And we really put this in the same place uh, because we are resolving a problem that we've always for many years that we have a lot of data that is uh, important and this for both in the social and physical aspects, as as you mentioned, Anthony, uh, that can be directly relevant for mentioning SDG 11, but this for all these many years has been spread across different places. So even for people who want to use this information, it's really difficult to navigate uh, through all the clutter to really identify what is specific and useful for which. So uh, that's it, uh, the, the data comes in uh, here. What we do within the toolkits is really just uh, uh, giving one central place where the data is actually showing what is available, uh, but it's also linked to specific sources. So for example, data that S3 is producing or compiling, we are just uh, showing this data is available and this is the metadata for that data, and this is how it's useful for specific things. But the, the, the place to get the data is really from the S3 servers or where the data is stored for that. In terms of the use, the data cuts across different themes and it really represents the different aspects and requirements of SDG 11 so we have data as you said on on the physical and but also the social aspect it helps you for example to be able to know where the buildings are within a city or within a country and that is like very important uh, like data point or the kind of information needed for different things it, we also have in the in this uh, uh, compilation data on population and uh, more critically and more importantly is the data, disaggregated population data. This is really very important, uh, f- not just for measurement, but also for estimating things like even risk, uh, disaster risk, but also when disasters happen also they likely affect a population. So this is the physical aspects of the data that you can actually be able to see uh, the physical components. Then the analytical aspects is really what uh, we've been uh, uh, working with the and countries are in cities are actually using this data to be able to analyze the specific uh, uh, sort of impacts or requirements that that would vary. So, for example, would be something to do with access to public transport. So here the data would be the locations of the public transport stops, but then the access to the population will be something that overlays the population maps with the specific locations of these, then uses the the technology to really process the service areas or which areas are served by the different uh, transport. So uh, definitely I'd say that uh, the data available within the toolkit really cross-cuts uh, both the social and the uh, and the the physical aspects uh, that are not just required for SDG 11 monitoring, but also for making specific action-oriented uh, uh, kind of suggestions or recommendations based on the based on the analysis.
0: So you have a great deal to offer to communities are you finding that the communities are able and willing to work on what you are able to provide them with
2: yes yes we 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 have we, we have received very good uh, feedback from the people at least who I bought to use the toolkit uh, not just because they are easily able to identify what is available and how they can actually use that. But they're also able to learn uh, through the toolkit because we also have a lot of learning opportunities there that uh, shows step-by-step on how to use different products and how those can be also translated in specific action. So we have very good good feedback at people actually using this and finding it useful.
0: Right, well, this looks very much like a long-term project. Carmel, how do you see things developing over the coming years? I think you're muted.
1: Indeed. Um, It's really essential that we uh, continue to work together and collaborate in this way. Um, A lot of the data that Dennis mentioned is available through the ESRI's um, ArcGIS Living Atlas, and that Living Atlas has some of that physical data, a lot of that population data. For instance, we just recently added the world pop data for the globe, or the 10 meter land cover data for the globe. And unless, especially for developing countries where you may not have a space agency providing satellite imagery to you, and you need to rely on your partners across the globe. And um, that publicly available data being able to be served up in a very efficient way just um, really shortens the time frame for people to be able to use um, that information much more readily and to work together and really focus on the issues at hand, things like um, having inclusive urban planning, making sure that the informal settlements are not always being built in very um, <clears throat> dangerous locations like floodplains or up hillsides where you may have mudslides and these types of things. So. Um, those who are responsible for those municipalities are much more readily able to learn how to use this data and then use the data for their decision-making and making sure that they're protecting their citizens. So um, the informal settlements in many parts of the world are in the areas that are least safe, and there are vast, huge numbers of people living in these very um, fragile and very dangerous locations, Um, whether it's uphill Hillsides um, that don't are lacking vegetation and things like that, and. Um, Aren't necessarily going to be uh, doing well during uh, these increased storms we're facing from climate change, um, or whether it's um, the flooding in the in the lowlands where they may end up uh, losing everything, um, lives and livelihoods. So it's really important we do work together. We're um, definitely increasing, I think, our collaboration globally. It's very nice to see so many partners contributing to this, whether it's um, capacity building, like training resources or data sets um, and tools and Solutions. I just wanted to highlight there's this idea of, you know, applying the geographic approach to this type of an effort and why geospatial information is so important. I think it's really uh, key that we think about this approach where you're collecting and measuring the earth and the information that you need and pulling that data together, and then you're modeling and analyzing it you're collaborating perhaps with partners and sharing that information to be able to come up with scenarios of like, what shall we be doing? And then you have it presented to the decision makers for decisions to be taken, and ultimately actions can be taken. And we need to increase that sort of geographic approach where we get data and get it into action um, more and more over these coming years. Uh, The SDGs, we only have eight more years to be achieving these, and we're still collecting a lot of the baseline information. So, it's pretty critical that we Keep working closely.
0: Absolutely. So, Dennis, how do you see the next eight years?
2: Uh, the, the next eight years, I see. Uh, well, first, from from the collaboration perspective that Kamel mentioned, we we've seen a lot of really serious uh, willingness and honest. Uh, push to really for people to really collaborate uh, this has been, uh, I mean, to be honest, this has been a big challenge. Previously, we have uh, different agencies and different institutions have specific uh, tasks, uh, which is understandable, which might not align to say the global needs for monitoring or say what we need for the SDGs and that if we don't have like a clear engagement strategy on how we really bring everyone together and we work together honestly and genuinely it's always going to be a problem so one thing that uh, we've seen really changing significantly is that uh, honest uh, willingness to actually for people to engage even sometimes competing organizations are really working together to promote uh, the same goal that we need to increase the use of earth observation geospatial information for monitoring but also for action. So this is one thing that I see really uh, significantly being uh, something that contributes to the future that we want, Uh, one. Two, uh, in the next eight years we are likely to see still uh, a bit of uh, work in monitoring. And understanding trends. it's they, they, Because in many cases, and for many of the indicators, as you might know, many of these uh, indicators within the SDG framework were new also when they were introduced in 2015. And many countries have not been able even to prioritize uh, quite a number of them for measurement, uh, despite the fact that they are really a lot of them are very important to, to inform the specific uh, kind of actions and also how we make progress towards sustainability. So we'll see a hybrid of um, uh, some things really progressing into action, implementation of specific actions. So where we've uh, we progress significantly in terms of understanding the trends, there'll be a bit more of the actions towards implemented strategies to respond. Uh, but in in places where there's still a bit of lag in really trying to measure and understand, we'll still see, at least in my personal perspective, see, see a bit of work towards measuring. So by 2030, we'll have really good progress in implementation of some of the actions but we'll also have uh, also good progress in understanding on the need for measurement and really implementing measurement strategies uh, in that line.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you both very much for taking the time. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Carmel, for talking today to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you,
1: Anthony.
2: Thank you, Anthony. Really great to contribute.
0: Carmel Terborg of ESRI and Dennis Mwaniki of UN Habitat thank you for listening to the sustainable futures report i'm grateful both to you for listening and also to my patrons who listen and subscribe on a monthly basis to support this podcast allowing it to be completely independent and totally ad-free for the price of a couple of cups of coffee each month you're getting up to eight episodes that's four wednesday interviews and four friday magazines as a patron you'll usually get them a day or so before everyone else you'll get a shout out when you join and silver supporters and above get a unique enamel badge. Your ideas for future episodes are particularly welcome and I'm working on developing and upgrading patron benefits. More details soon. In the meantime, make your way to patreon.com/sfrpatreon.com/sfr. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/sfr. It's all there. There'll be another Wednesday interview this time next week and your regular Sustainable Futures Report on Friday. Meantime, a couple of links you'll find on the website. A couple of links to the items in today's interview you'll find on the website at sustainablefutures.report. That's it for this time. That was the Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report. I'm Anthony Day. Bye for now.